Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. ¿Qué haría usted en el primer día si usted es presidente sobre esta realidad que está ocurriendo? Necesitamos incluir cada persona en el éxito de esta economía. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh, cada, votar, ca cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. La, situa la situación ahora es inaceptable. Escucha, Patsos. Escucha, Patsos. We're not in Mexico. We're not in Guadalajara, Patsos. You alienated 90% of America with that. Even Hispanics don't want to vote for people who pander to them like this. Now, I tweeted last night, live tweeted during, I, I didn't plan on it, but the minute I turned it on and saw them, I started, and here's the first one, Lester Dolt and 10 mental cases who would be president. Uh, a few minutes later, Elizabeth Lennon pandering to blacks, Latins, the dumb, and the incarcerated. A flop college hag never ran a bookstore. Next, Clawbacker with the nauseating Diane Feinstein smile. You know, the more I thought about Clawbacker, she reminded me of those women in Hadassah at cake sales that kind of walked around synagogues selling cakes. Clawbacker with that nauseating fixed smile. Forget her. Next, Beetlejuice O'Rourke speaking in Spanish. White as a ghost. Attacks white males. As dumb as a cactus. Never ran a lemonade stand. Next. You want me to continue because I'm going to do it whether you want me to or not. The next one was Corey Spartacus Booker, dumb as a shoe, lecturing us on corporate consolidation. Where does he get his dollars from, the poor, the rich, or the homeless? Next, whiny Warren couldn't change a light bulb without a grad student doing the twisting. Now, by the way, the phrase whiny Warren uh, has already been appropriated and stolen. Next one, Castro couldn't make jello without advisors. 
Next, Gabbard the Brackard. Next, de Blasio the Sandinista commie destroyed NYC. Bums, crimes, dirt, filth, needles, and playgrounds. Next, Governor Inslee, a product of La Raza and the SEIU, wrecked clean Washington state, turned it into a crime-ridden third-world cesspool. Incidentally, Governor Inslee, who has wrecked the state of Washington, is backed by the richest man in the world, uh, or amongst the richest men in the world, the man who is known as the Amazon Man and the Washington Post. That's where he came from. Next, Warren, the only green product she speaks of is Envy. Next, I got fed up and I wrote, turning off the elves, it's Trump by 30%. And then I came back uh, a while later and uh, I wrote this one. As the elves attack corporate profits, NBC cuts away for ads. Not a peep of protest from any of the elves attacking corporation and corporate profits. I thought that was the most amazing thing. Corporations, corporations, profit, profit, no good. Corporation, no good. Now, there's NBC cutting away for, for these huge ads, and they didn't say one word. Mirror, mirror on the wall, which of the dims is meanest one of all? Next. Another NBC corporate profit break. None of the socialist elves protest. You know why? Some profits are more equal than others. Next uh, is a really good one. Cuck Todd asks if the federal government should seize all guns. Whiny Warren fakes tears and cites the advice of children. That's a new one, Cuck Todd, so far as I know. I don't know who stole it yet. I haven't been able to listen to any other shows, but it's a nice one. It defines them very well. Next tweet was Castro takes a question from Mad Cow, answers himself with another topic. Next tweet was de Blasio attacks police, says nothing of the killings of cops by his pet constituency. That really burned me last night. I'm going to play it for you. Then I asked that... uh, the end of that all, which elf won the debate? Which elf won the debate? And many of you had different opinions. And then we had uh, other tweets uh, today, four hours ago. Does Tulsi Gabbard pose any threat to Trump? On what grounds can he attack her during a debate? I'm going to talk about her because she actually was the clear winner to me. She had dignity. She had style. She wasn't dangerously. She wasn't nervous. And although she did not appear to be a leftist, she is, by the way, and I'll I'll expose that a little later. So three hours ago, I tweeted, should Cuck Todd get a toupee for tonight's act? I thought I'd lighten it up a little bit. I thought I'd entertain you. And finally, 10 minutes ago, I put one up that I think is really hilariously funny. And I hope that Elizabeth Warren takes it in good uh, humor. Of course, she's in. She has no humor. And we posted pictures of the old uh, Red Army faction or the Biter-Monhoff gang, a number of the members. They were the terrorist gang from West Germany of a number of decades ago. And I kept saying, why does Elizabeth Whiny Warren remind me of the Red Army faction or the Bader Meinhof gang of terrorists? It's a hilariously funny thing that we did there, by the way. And now on the Savage Nation, we go to the next thing. Some of the craziest statements that were made last night are worthy of repeat. For example, Julian Castro, the one with the high eyebrows, the high eyebrowed one. I don't know how to describe any of those. Some guy who had eyebrows that were up to his... uh, Temp up to his forehead. How do eyebrows go up that? You know, you talk about, well, anyway, I can't say it as a family show, but Julian Castro has the highest eyebrows on the stage, right? He called for taxpayer, taxpayer-funded abortions for transsexuals. Now, I don't understand this one, and I did, I did major in biology. I have a couple of graduate degrees. I've read rather widely. I don't know how a transsexual needs an abortion. I can't figure that one out. I think that the anatomy he's talking about does not produce human babies. I think it produces waste product, but I don't know. I don't know what he's referring to. How can you ask the government? 
to pay for abortions for transsexuals because you believe in reproductive justice. First of all, to show you how sick this man is mentally ill, how many transsexuals are there in the country to begin with? What do you think the constituency is in ter- terms, terms of total numbers? Minuscule, right? Less than one, 0.1%. Now, amongst the 0.1% with transsexuals, how many of them want abortions? Take that one down to 0.001%. So why would this lunatic come up with a thing like this? Listen to clip two and judge for yourself. I don't believe only in reproductive uh, freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. And, you know, what that means is that just because a woman or let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female, uh, is poor doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. And so I absolutely would cover the right to have an abortion. Finished. Fartek gone idiot like i never saw anything like this he's as stupid as he looks by the way no matter how high he holds his eyebrows he's a lowbrow the next one is worth playing for you cory booker again the meanest looking face on the stage he tried to compensate for his lack of intelligence with anger which is typical of cory booker and he was the loudest on the stage listen to clip uh, uh number four look Civil rights is some place to begin, but in the African-American civil rights community, another place to focus on was to stop the lynching of African-Americans. We do not talk wait, enough stop. Wait, stop. about... Tra- wait, wait, what the hell is he talking about? What century does this schmuck live in? What is he talking about? Did you hear that? That should immediately disqualify him, and an assistant should be made that he's removed from uh, the uh, governorship. Is he a governor in New Jersey, isn't he? No, he's, he's a mayor of New... What is he a mayor of? A mayor of Newark, a crime-ridden city. He should be put into a mental hospital for several months. And let's say under observation. How does he talk about lynching? Listen to number four again. Look, civil rights is some place to begin. But in the African-American civil rights community, another place to focus on was to stop the lynching of African-Americans. We do not talk enough about trans-Americans, especially African-American trans-Americans. And the high rates of murder right now. We don't talk enough about how many children, about 30% of LGBTQ kids right, do stop. not go. To- Why are these people obsessed with the LGBTQ trans community? Uh, there's not that many people who identify as that, who are that interested in this. Why? Why are they pandering to this group? I'll let you figure it out. The next soundbite is worth playing, which is Tulsi Gabbard, uh, where she talks about Trump and his chicken hawk cabinet. In, in clip five, let's hear that one. This president and his chicken hawk cabinet have led us to the brink of war with Iran. Okay, I served that's a good in line. the war. Stop. She got it from my show from the other day, and it's really good. In fact, I put it on Twitter the other day, but I'm not the only one who sees it. But, you know, she's wrong in a way because it's not all chicken hawks. Uh, a chicken hawk means someone who did not serve in the military who was gung-ho for, for, for war. That would be John Bolton. He is a chicken hawk by, by the common parlance. However, you cannot say that about Mike Pompeo, who is a, well, a West Point graduate. Mike Pompeo was number one in his class at West Point. He was also an engineer. He was an engineer. He graduated in engineering. And he served in a tank battalion. So he is not a chicken hawk. The only chicken hawk she could be referring to would be those, as I said, uh, like the other one with the mustache, whatever is this. But she was a real comer. I liked the way she looked. I liked the way she presented herself. She has a tremendous resume in terms of having served. Now, she was not really a combat veteran. Let's be clear. The best I can tell, 
and I'm not de- degrading what she did. She did serve at the height of the war in 05, but she was sort of a medic, which doesn't mean that she didn't do a great service for those who were injured. She did. But she was not serving on the front lines as a combat troop. Let her not fool you on that one. And she's also a far leftist, incidentally. So Gabbard, by the way, Gabbard presents a real threat in some way, but the party itself will never let her uh, get to the top of the ticket. Impossible. She's not fanatical enough. Next, we had the one that got me very, very upset, which is the Blasio attacking the police and using his son as a fulcrum to attack the police in New York City. By the way, the police in New York City hate de Blasio. They turn their backs on him at a funeral for one of their fallen. Listen to this hater in clip seven. I also want to say there's something that sets me apart from all my colleagues running in this race. And that is for the last 21 years, I've been raising a black son in America. Listen to this. And I have had to have very, very serious talks with my son, Dante, about how to protect himself on the streets of our city and all over this country, including how to deal with the fact that he has to take special caution because there have been too many tragedies between our young men and our police, too, as we saw recently in Indiana. Stop right so we there. need to have- Stop right there. You know, it's heartbreaking to listen to this rubbish. Because I would like to give you some statistics on the number of police who have been killed over the last number of years, ever since Obama unleashed, unleashed a certain element of the society on the police and made an open war on the police. It was Obama who did it. He ran a nonstop campaign against white police, black and white, by the way. And as a result, a lot of police are dead. And for de Blasio to say, Something else that sets me apart from my colleagues running in this race is that for the last 21 years, I've been raising a black son in America. You know what that struck me as? A man, now listen to me, and I don't know if this is true or not. Didn't it sound to you like he was using his son and his son's ethnicity to get ahead as a politician? Doesn't it sound a little odd to you that he would use a child of his to advance his own political career? It does to me. If you don't like the president on this, at least we're going to get Supreme Court justices. And then you wake up on an issue as important as putting citizenship on the census. And we find out we got screwed again. And they don't want they don't want any uh, conservatives to win in this country. The die is cast. They want us to melt down no matter who they may be. Nine to nothing saying you cannot ask a question about citizenship during a census series of questions. Are they crazy? Are you kidding me? But let's go back to last night. Tonight's another big show featuring the big ones. Tonight's the main stage for the dims. Mainly you're going to see Biden and uh, Sanders go at each other. Then Buttigieg is not going to go anywhere. Kamala Harris is a zero. Gillibrand is a zero. Bennett of Colorado, unknown. Williamson, unknown. Swalwell, unknown. Andrew Yang, a putz. And uh, Hickenlooper, no one can remember his name, a a goner. So basically, we're all going to tune in just to watch Lester Dolt, uh, Cuck Todd, and Mad Cow, Rachel Mad Cow, try to feature Joe Biden or, uh, depending upon their left, uh, degree of their leftism, uh, Sanders. Last night, they clearly featured... Beinhoff, uh, Bader-Meinhof uh, Warren. I will call her Whiny Warren because most people don't know who the Bader-Meinhof gang was. Lucky for you, I was uh, 
let's say I know the 60s are alive in my brain. There was a Bader-Meinhof gang in Western Germany that was a terrorist communist cell. They conducted kidnappings, murders, blowing up banks, and they caused mayhem and havoc in Germany till they were all arrested and caught. Uh, for some reason, every time I looked at Elizabeth Warren, I couldn't place her. Her face, she had the meanness, the grimness of look, the horrendous meanness, and I couldn't place it. Finally, it came to me this morning. And so we um, did a mock-up of faces of the Bader-Meinhof gang from a Google search, and we put uh, Elizabeth Warren in it just for fun. It's a parody. And I asked, why does Elizabeth Warren, Warren remind me of the Red Army faction of the Bader-Meinhof gang of terrorists? I thought it's funny, but the fact is, I don't know that she's a real threat. I think she's too um, she's too mean-looking, and I don't think women like her. I don't even think Democrat women like her. In fact, what she is, she's Hillary, too. She's just a younger version of Hillary Clinton, the same exact policies of Hillary Clinton. She's Hillary, too. Now, whether or not she will come to the top, uh, it's hard to say. Uh, my father used to say a certain thing comes in at low tide at Coney Island. We don't know what's going to be left on the beach of Coney Island when the tide goes out, whether it'll be Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, or uh, or, or Biden. We don't know. Uh, we know they're the top three. We'll have to watch a little bit more. But I was ashamed for de Blasio to hit the new low last night, saying that something that separates him apart from all the others up there is that he's been raising a black son in America. And it, it struck me as so wrong in so many ways. Does anyone agree with me on that? David in the uh, San Francisco area. David, welcome to the program. How do you feel about him using his son like that? Well, uh, I happen to be in an interracial marriage. My son is the splitting image of Colin Kaepernick, the other Russell Wilson. So it, it's it's kind of sad. Um, I live yeah. in the Bay Area. Well, over- why would he use his son like that and say he told his son to be afraid of police? Did you raise your son that way? No, I, I actually kind of grew up in two worlds. Part of it was playing ball in housing projects and with guys who actually coach NBA teams now. And Well, I think as a white guy, I was embarrassed for de Blasio. Savage. It's basically going to be Biden and Sanders, and we'll see where um, where uh, Cuck Todd tries to fe- who he tries to feature with a spotlight. I mean, Cuck Todd is such a lightweight; it's frightening. This guy was a nobody from Politico, never really had a high set of, uh, uh, never really had a high IQ. And he replaced the garbage man's son, who was better than him. The garbage man's son was much better on Meet the Press and on NBC. Remember the garbage man's son? I liked him with the pudgy face. Tim somebody, Tim Russett, right? Tim Russett was a down-to-earth guy. He may have been a liberal, but he wasn't a psycholib. And he had some power to him, you know. This guy has a n- nothing. Underneath it, you know, he's a, like a paper shadow. And I don't know how they suddenly elevated this putz to that level, but who knows, you know, what goes on in, in the corridors of these, of these networks. Warren is too mean-faced to win. i got to summarize that. I'm going to ask women out there. Do you find that I'm right? Women hate her, even Democrats, because they know her type. Women know women better than men know women. Men are easily taken in by women. Now, no man would be taken in by Elizabeth Warren because she's got a mean face that can scare anybody. If her face was on, what, what app would she be on, Tinder? 
or is that for gay men? I don't even know what Tinder is. What's the one for women, for regular people? I don't know. Tinder, Tinder. Okay, I don't know this. <laughs> I'm an older guy. Okay. But if, if she was on Tinder looking for a date, would anyone like do a, a, a right click on her? Or whatever they do, would they swoop, sweep to the right, to the left? Or would they erase, <laughs> they'd erase the page? <laughs> Who would go out with that woman? And remember, running for office is a popularity contest. Just go back to high school if you want to know what it's all about. It's got a lot to do with looks, presentation. She's mean and she's pretty hideous looking. She can't win. Forget about, I don't care how many illegals they, they, they bring in. Now, the, the Gab- Gabbard could be, but they're never going to let her get near the top. She's not she's not part of the party uh, uh, system. Now, not to be outdone was Pelosi spoke today. Occasional cortex had a shoot off her big mouth. The one who was born, unfortunately, with a half a brain and was suddenly made the spokeswoman for the Democrat Party because she has the popularity of someone who strips on uh, on Instagram. I mean, that's that's what counts today is that if you have a following on Instagram that equals that of someone who strips naked for you. On Instagram, you can easily move to the top of the Democrat Party, as uh, Occasional Cortex has. And so she had to chime in today. And uh, here she is in clip number 12. Listen to Cortex. There was a fair amount of Spanish being spoken. There was, there now, was. Now, uh, there as was, someone yes. with a Puerto Rican heritage tonight, yeah. what, how, how did that, uh, I did mean, that appeal to you? I, I loved it because it did. I represent off, the Bronx. Finished. That's it. Off, of off, off. I can't take it. I loved it. I loved it. Like a smart six-year-old child that no one ever said shut up to. No one ever told this girl to shut her mouth for one second. And you know what grates me about her the most? Her father was an architect in Westchester, New York. She grew up in a comfortable middle-class background, and yet she poses as a poor Hispanic girl from uh, where? The Bronx now? Puerto Rico! Yeah. And by the way, look into the, the, the following fact that I'm going to give you. When her father passed away, he left an estate. She contested the estate for the money, the commie. As usual, the commies are always after the, 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 the money. There used to be a writer in New York. I forget his name. He was, a, he was a cynic of all of the other leftists. Well, he didn't call them left or right. He used to put down all the other writers who were phonies. He called them all phonies because he said they all talk about communism and socialism and Marx and how they hate the capitalist system. And then he said, at the smell of a dollar... They jump over a hedge in an outdoor cafe and knock over the cafe tables chasing the dollar. Does that not typify the left today at the smell of a dollar? Joe Gould. It was Joe Gould. Another obscure reference of the, from the Savage Nation. Joe Gould was one of my favorite iconoclasts uh, of his time. He, he looked right through these people. But that's the way they are. They put down capitalism. Meanwhile, it's all capital that they use to get ahead. You know. So let me ask you some questions and I'll tell you no lies. Who do you think was the biggest winner last night? And can any of them in your mind beat Trump? Now, I'm trying to think ahead to the final debate between Trump and the nominee selected from this uh, this gang of elves. It's either going to be Bernie or Biden. It's pretty clear to me it's going to be Biden. Bernie is a marginal character. They don't want him. They know that he's a communist. They don't want him for that reason. He's also unpredictable. They don't want him for that reason. He, frankly, is also very unappealing. They don't want him for that reason. And he's not really a member of the old boys network. They don't want him for that reason. It's clearly going to be Biden versus Trump. Now, that's going to be an interesting debate. And we know the tack that uh, Biden is going to take. It's pretty clear the new advisors of the Democrat Party 
are smart. They're not dumb. And the number one advisor to them is one of the meanest people in the history of the Democrat Party, which is Mr. Perez, who ran the civil rights division under Barack Hussein Obama. He was a mean one, but he's really smart. He comes from the trenches. He knows how to fight. And he has positioned Biden as a centrist who's a calming agent. And he told him not to go too low. So when you want to go all the way forward with me for a moment, maybe it's too early for this. Maybe it's just the beginning of it all. Let's say it's Biden versus Trump. We know Trump's fighting style. Let's say we're looking at two fighters. Trump's fighting style is to come out swinging and to rip the other one to shred and try to chop him up and knock him down right off the bat. Am I right? If you were to see two boxers and Trump was a boxer, what would he do? He's the kind of guy who comes out of the corner like a hurricane and he immediately overpowers, try to, tries to overpower the other fighter with a flurry of punches, putting him down, da 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 Biden is not as strong as Trump. However, Biden has been told to play a quiet game, to play a defensive game, and to let, to let the opposition burn themselves out with their flurry of punches. You know, that's a strategy as well. Uh, it's done in fights. It's done in ball games. It's done in marriages. <laughs> the women always win anyway over a long period of time. The guys think they're tougher than the women. But we are, why are there so many women and uh, more women, older women than men? Why? Because the men don't, never win those those verbal fights. You can't. It's impossible. You cannot win. It's impossible. The women are stronger. Number. Why are women s- stronger? Why are women stronger than men that they outlive men? Well, there's a reason for that, too, biologically. If you study it, it's because women have to be stronger to put up with men. Number one. That's a joke. That's a rimshot joke. Uh, but number two, think about what a woman has to do with her body during her life compared to a man. A woman has to bear children, carry the child, uh, bear the child, recover from the trauma of birth, raise the child. I want you to think about that. And there's an old adage, that which does not kill you makes you stronger. And that's why women are stronger. They're made to be stronger. Uh, but getting back to this issue of the defensive fight, Biden is a defensive fighter. And he's been told not to try to fight Trump head on. And did you notice last night they never mentioned Trump? They hardly mentioned him once. I thought it was going to be an anti-Trump or Trump hate fest. They were told by the DNC to avoid attacking Trump. It's very intriguing. And they didn't attack each other. Did you notice that? Did you know the level of, of, of civility in the debate? Now, you would expect me not to say that, but I'm going to just say it like it is. I call them like I see them. I call balls and strikes for Trump, who I've said to you yesterday, and I'll say it again in case you missed it until you hear it. I am loyal to Trump. I will vote for Trump, but I am not dependent on Trump. I want to be very clear about that. I'm not angling for anything. It's that simple. And he appreciates that more than you could imagine. Okay, but the fact of the matter is we're not talking about Trump. We're talking about the Democrat debate of last night. And from my point of view, I was quite impressed that they didn't attack each other. Did you notice that? Did you notice the the fact that there was no internecine warfare last night, like there was when Trump was on the stage with the other uh, Republicans? Do you remember the blood that was left on the stage as he ripped one apart after the other, tore them to shreds? There was like chicken feathers and blood left on the ground after Trump got through with them. Now, we appreciated that. We knew that that fighting spirit could get him into the presidency, and it did. But I am telling you as I stand here that the people may have peaked out on that fighting style at this point. I am not so sure that Trump also does not need to modify his strategy going forward if he wants to be reelected again. 
Now, it doesn't matter whether you agree with me initially or you, I haven't heard that before. We love him the way he is. No, that's not right. No, you have to adjust your strategy according to the opponent you are fighting. And the opponent he's going to be fighting is probably going to be Biden. And Biden is not a very combative person. And you cannot fight a combative person in an aggressive manner and win necessarily. He could go into a ball and he could let you, you know, fight yourself out, so to speak, and then come back with a few good lines and really rip him apart. And there's a lot of vulnerability, incidentally, whether we like to think it or not. So I'm thinking ahead. If it's Bernie, forget about it. Then Trump will rip him to shreds and he could do an awful lot on him. But tonight's going to be a good night, a very good night on the uh, on the uh, television set. We're going to see uh, Cuck Todd again. Uh, trying to steer it towards either Biden or uh, Sanders. We'll see if they attack Trump tonight. I, I think tonight may be the attack Trump night, but we can't be sure yet. Let me give you another great soundbite uh, before we move on uh, on the Savage Nation. Pelosi came on today uh, and gave a speech saying it should not be a crime to cross the border illegally. That means here is a sitting U.S. Congresswoman, the head of the Democrat Party, saying that she does not respect the law, saying that she respects lawbreakers, not the lawmakers. And incidentally, about the dead child with the father on the border, as tragic as it may be, it is sad for me to tell you that over 40 such cases occurred while Barack Obama was president and they were never reported, at least not to the extent that this sad story was reported. 40 such cases are reported, and I think the article's on Breitbart, with pictures of the dead migrants and their children. What do you think happens to people who are leaving these destitute places with very little money, with the clothing on their back? They probably have to pay six or nine thousand dollars, which is their life savings to these drug uh, drug smugglers who take them out in the desert and dump them in the desert with a bottle of water if they're lucky. Of course, some are going to die. It's a terrible reality. And it happened under Obama at least 40 times that we know of. Now, I want to talk about that for one other second in terms of the reality of our daily life. If you are the type of person as I am who actually observes life around you, which is one of the things I do, you look at the workers today, the Hispanic workers, no matter what they're doing, construction, gardening, you ever notice how strong they look? Do you know why they look so strong? Because every one of them had to fight their way through a desert. Then they had to fight gangs in Mexico to even get here. Look, I, I, I have a, a guy I know from El Salvador, a really tough guy. He told me how many times he was held up and beaten up on the road through Mexico. Do you have any idea what the Mexicans do to people coming through their country, at least what they used to do? They would rob them. If they were women, they would rape them in many cases, and they certainly beat them just for fun. So the toughest of the tough are the ones who make it through. Do you know that? Now, you could say that's good for a country that's become so paltry and weak. And maybe that is the truth. Savage. In 2017, Gabbard went to Syria, where she met with Bashar al-Assad as a diplomat. And she did so in opposition to America's U.S. military interventionism, incidentally. Nevertheless, when Gabbard came back, she was castigated by other Democrats as Assad's sympathizer and defender, which is, of course, absurd and groundless. She never said one praiseworthy thing about Assad, uh, but the Democrats have tried to tar her with that one. Now, 
you know, she's an interesting woman in many ways, and I think that she she's going to be in the long run a, a force inside the Democrat Party. She is a rational uh, type of occasional cortex and far smarter than her, and she has an actual history. She's the first American Samoan ever elected to Congress. Uh, her father was Caucasian, I believe. Her mother was uh, Samoan. Youngest person ever elected to the Hawaii legislature. Youngest woman ever elected to any state legislature. And I believe it's because of her war record and her demeanor, incidentally. So some of the comments that I receive from the people who work on the show, Karen, who works for the show, great person, says... Most disappointing of all is not once did Elizabeth Warren answer a question in her native Cherokee language. Very funny, Karen. Uh, there, were, there were other comments that were quite good. Jim wrote some good ones. Clint wrote some good ones that I don't think I have the time to, to read to you. But tonight is a very good night, and you'll see the Bolsheviks at it again tonight. Tax the rich, socialism, communism, propaganda, power for the people. But I want to caution you about something. People vote for presidents in this country as almost a reaction to the existing president. I, I've seen this over and over again. And Obama, who was a nobody, was elected as a reaction to Bush and Bush's endless wars. That's my observation. And I've given that to you several times on the show. You probably agree with me, right? I can see the audience nodding yes. Bush got us into a war that nobody wanted. And we voted for someone who we thought would get us out of war. But he didn't. Uh, Obama did not get us out of war. He did not take us out of Afghanistan, by the way. So then who was the reaction to Obama's eight years of uh, Islamophilia, for example? New word. You haven't heard it, but we'll use it again. Who was a reaction to Obama's Islamophilic eight years, to his hatred of the police for eight years, for his very subtle put down of uh uh, people of non-color, if you want to put it that way. I, I don't know how you could be non-color. I look at my skin. I have color in my skin. In fact, when I go in the sun. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. So he pandered to one side. And who was the reaction to him? Donald Trump. So who is going to be the reaction to Donald Trump after eight years, assuming Trump wins, which is very likely? It will be a far leftist. It will be a far leftist. Bernie Sanders will be gone by that time. He will be far too old. He'll be gone. Pelosi will be gone by that time. Who will actually be left on the left? Biden will be uh, pushing daisies by then. I hope not. But And uh, it's going to be one of these younger women who is going to be on the top of that ticket. I can guarantee you. And it could be Gabbard. That's uh, Michael Savage's view. The Westwood One Podcast Network.